Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. It's a Hall of Fame edition of Mox on the Mic. Chris Goforth with you for one more week here of Mox on the Mic. Glad to have you hanging out with us this week. A little Hall of Fame edition. We're going to talk with a couple of members of the newest Chattanooga Hall of Fame class, that being Lacey Swarthout and Meg Glass. Lacey Swarthout, an outstanding softball player at Chattanooga. She's now Lacey Paris, by the way. Came to Chattanooga from the Florida uh, area, Orlando, Florida. Was an assistant coach after her playing days for Frank Reed and decided to stick around. And her and her family now live in the Ottawa area and appreciate Lacey giving us some time. She uh, now coaches and uh, coaches softball, does private pitching lessons, so you can look her up. Also, uh, Meg Glass will be with us. Uh, she was a tennis player at Chattanooga. She is another one that has stayed local to the area. She's now Meg Bandy, and uh, we'll get a chance to visit with both of these ladies coming up. Don't forget, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. We are available on all the podcast platforms, so wherever you download your podcast from, make sure you subscribe. And I'd uh, love to have you join us each and every week as we spend a few minutes and talk Chattanooga athletics. Now, with all that being said, let's get into it. Here's our conversation. We'll start with Meg Glass, former Chattanooga tennis player, and she is with us on Mox on the Mic. Well, Meg, first off, let's start with a congratulations. Thank you. Uh, a, a little bit about what this means for you to, to get this uh, to get this honor. I'm just, I guess I'm kind of humbled by it. It's, I wasn't expecting it. So it's, it's exciting. Now who all is, is, uh, is coming to the, uh, to the ceremony with you? Uh, my husband and two of my children for sure. And then my brother and sister-in-law, my mom and my stepdad. Well, that's awesome. You've got a nice little crew that will be, uh, that will be coming with you now. Have you stayed here locally? Uh, I, after I do live in Chattanooga. Oh, well, that's wonderful then. That's wonderful. Uh, let's go back a little bit to your days as um, as a member of the uh, of the Chattanooga uh, tennis team. You, you guys had a, a tremendous run there with a, a regular season title, a, a tournament title. What do you remember the most from that that time there in the in the late 80s and in 1990? Uh, the most? Probably the spring break trip that we took every year because we went to Hilton Head and we would play like half of our matches. <laughs> and um, the weather was never good. But it was also a great time to, for team bonding and getting to know each other. And um, because we weren't just going to class and going to practice, we were, we, were pra we were playing our matches and then we would socialize with each other and we were all staying in condos. So we we're all together. You were. Southern Conference Tournament MVP in 1991. That's been something that that hasn't happened a lot in in Chattanooga uh, tennis history. As a matter of fact, Samantha Fletcher did it the season before you. Your former teammate yeah. had uh, did it the year before. What do you remember about that 1991 tournament? Well, we lost to Furman that 1991 tournament. I do remember that. Um, the um, <laughs> The, the coach for Furman was Debbie Southern at the time. And um, she was, she was a phenomenal coach. She had a great career there, but we were, I think we were still within reach of winning the second day. 
which the tournament only lasted two days, but we had to win every single match on the court. And I remember going out there to play singles and I had a, I, I split sets or, or had a real close match. I think maybe I, I think I split sets. I can't remember. It's just, I know it came down to a tiebreaker and I came off thinking, Oh, we can win it now. And then I got off and um, a couple of my teammates had lost. It had been raining. So we were playing indoors and the courts, the court setups were two courts, two courts and four courts. And I was on one of the two court segments. So I couldn't see what was going on except for on court one. It's amazing how it's those losses. You remember the most now, isn't it? Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot of the wins. Isn't that funny? It is true. I can remember all the people that beat me <laughs> or teams. How much tennis did you play after you finished at UTC? Oh, I've never stopped. Good for you. So you're still active playing today. I still play. I co I'm coaching tennis. That's what, what I do. And so I'm, I've never left the tennis industry. There have been times when I've played less than others, but I still, I'm still playing a couple days a week. I can't compete anymore. I had uh, tore my Achilles a couple years ago. My doctor said, play as much as you want. Don't enter a tournament. I have, uh, you know, I've asked this to, to some of the, the golf guys before. So I want to ask you as a, as a tennis player, how has technology changed better equipment? How has that impacted the game or has it impacted the game in tennis uh, since you were competing at, at Chattanooga? Oh gosh, it's impacted the game tremendously, probably both for good and bad. Um, but just the rackets. The amount of power that the rackets bring to the game now, you still have to be able to hit it, but um, it's pretty amazing. And tennis shoes have come such a long way, which is kind of sounds funny, but you know, we tennis shoes lasted literally three or four weeks for us. Really? Mm -hmm. So how many pairs of shoes would you go through then over the course of a season? I, well, we were, we were given three pairs. I usually went through five. Wow. Wow. Would never would have thought that until you brought that up. That's, uh, that's interesting. You also were a part of the Chattanooga volleyball team as well. Yes. My freshman year. What made you finally decide to, to, to go the tennis route? Well, I, I mean, I wanted to play volleyball cause I thought that it would be so cool to play two sports in college. And, um, I was fine for that first year. And then my, uh, schedule my class schedule got so much more difficult and the practice schedule it was hard going from volleyball practice to tennis practice and the first year I was there they didn't require anything past season in volleyball the next year I was going to be they would have winter practice and they um, started introducing triplets which was it was basically all match play with three people and I just couldn't do I couldn't do it all and tennis was my, my first sport I just thought volleyball was fun. <laughs> when did you get into uh, to playing tennis? How uh, how old were you? I started playing with my parents when I was eight or nine. At what point did you realize hmm, maybe I could uh, maybe I could do this in college? Uh, maybe sixteen. I mean, volleyball for a while. I thought volleyball was going to be the path that I took, but we were living in Houston at the time, and. Um, I wasn't good enough. I, I made the varsity tennis team, but I didn't play that much, but I was playing volleyball. So volleyball was my main concentration. Then we moved to Chattanooga and I could compete and, um, volleyball wasn't actually wasn't as strong here. So I got, I just went, got back into the tennis. Now, where did you attend school locally? I went to GPS my junior and senior year. 
And what was the path for you going from, from GPS to Chattanooga to UTC? The tennis, my tennis coach at the time, or the person I took tennis lessons from was actually the assistant coach at UTC. It was Sue Bartlett. And then Tommy Bartlett was the head pro at Manker Patton as well as the head coach. So I was always down at Manker Patton and, um, Sue, they just took a chance on me because I wasn't a number one player when I went in. I went in at number five or six and ended up as six my freshman year. The impact that uh, the Bartlett's had on you, uh, not just as a player, but in coaching now, the impact that uh, they have had on on you as a coach uh, all these years later. Oh, it's been tremendous. Tommy um, is the one that that encouraged me to to get into teaching tennis and coaching tennis. And he's when I was in high school, you couldn't coach. The coaches couldn't talk to us except for when we split sets. And um, so the first experience I had with anybody talking to me in between games was with Tommy and he was a strategist and he, I learned so much from him. Sue was there my freshman year and then she actually became the coach at GPS after that. But Sue and I have remained friends and play once a week, every week and have done ever since I was in college. You know, he is one of those guys, just one of the characters really uh, around Chattanooga athletics. I've heard great stories about him from, uh, did, did you get the nice, uh, what was it you guys had the the nice suits that you would wear the, the track suits, I guess, or the jackets you guys, what it, he was very much about looking good and playing good. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he always made sure we had uniforms and his budget was pretty thin. So he would get the tennis patrons in Chattanooga to have a doubles tournament with teams. And he was coaching both men's and women's. And he would charge enough that we could get tennis uniforms, basically. And we always had nice uniforms. Meg, once again, congratulations on the on the honor and, and going into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I know it's going to be a, a special time for you and your family. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, to seeing you uh, to seeing you around the ceremony. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it too. We continue talking with Hall of Famers here on Mox on the Mic. Lacey Swarthout, she's now Lacey Paris. She was a fantastic pitcher for head coach Frank Reed with the Chattanooga Mox, and she's our guest this uh, this week on Mox on the Mic. First off, Lacey, let's start with this. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm super excited and honored. Uh, who's going to be attending the uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony with you? Um, who's not? My mom and dad are coming from Orlando. Um, my husband and my daughter, and then my mom's, uh, or my, uh, husband's mother. And then I have, um, just a lot of people that have been a big part of my life. I moved up to UTC, um, with, you know, nobody around. So my aunt and uncle are coming in from, uh, Chapel Hill, Lewisburg area. And then, after my UTC days, I started lessons. So my very first um, pitching lesson, um, she actually has passed away, but her mom and dad are coming, um, Mike and Susan Gamble, and then my aunt and uncle, and just friends, family, Frank and his wife, Denise, are coming. So it should be fun. That's awesome. What, what led you to UTC? You talk about coming here and you knew no one. No one. What led you to UTC? 
Um, so we actually, from Orlando, we played in a, a World Series up here at Warner Park. And so I love the idea of it. Um, I knew I didn't want to stay in Orlando by any means. And then um, a coach I played for, um, they, um, their coach, her coach actually was coaching at UTC way back when. So I'd heard a lot about the Chattanooga area. And then I met Frank. Um, he came and recruited me after we had just been up here for that tournament. And so I just, you know, learned a lot about Chattanooga from him. I was a super small pitcher and Frank took a chance on me and I just thought that was super awesome. And he made me feel very comfortable here. You're involved in coaching now. How did your playing days here, how did that shape you into the coach and instructor you are today? Well, Honestly, I loved UTC. And then after I graduated, uh, Frank gave me the opportunity to stay on staff and work with the pitchers. And I absolutely loved it. And I started doing um, lessons even in the evenings. And I just really still had a lot of passion for teaching, you know, the different pitchers. And I loved, you know, coaching at UTC, but I found that I really loved being able to work with multiple different pitchers every week instead of the same ones. But my days from UTC are definitely what led me to, you know, still having the passion after college to want to coach, you know, younger individuals coming up in this awesome sport. Well, obviously you and, and coach Reed have, uh, have remained close. What kind of an impact yeah. has, has he had on you? He's just awesome. I can pick up the phone and just call him randomly, um, ask questions, you know, the games for sure changed since I was there. Um, and I just feel like he always, you know, no matter where he's at in life or how busy he is or not busy, you know, it's always like, let's do lunch. You can pick up the phone and call him. He can call you. I just feel like he does. You're not just a, uh, athlete to him. He becomes, you know, a big part of family as well. And that's a really good feeling. That means that you came to the right spot when you wanted to play ball. Let me ask you about the 2004 team mm -hmm. uh, 45 wins southern conference champions tournament champions regular season champions what do you remember most about that season life-changing i mean just that's everything you work for i just remember you know it's kind of one of those hard work you know pays off type thing but really it was just watching it all and feeling it all and just knowing that you did everything you could you know you always dream of coming to college and, you know, making a difference. And I just felt like that was just a super awesome time in my life to not really have made it, but just have been really proud of what we accomplished as a team. You won 28 games that year. Is there a particular game uh, that stands out the most? Because I'll tell you what I can remember about that season. And I haven't gone back and looked it up. Lacey, but I know you guys had a ridiculous run there where y'all seems like you guys won like 16 or 17 games in a row or something in, in the middle of that season. And, um, but what do you, what are your memories from that season? Oh gosh, they all run together. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I have just, that sounds kind of crazy. I probably should have went back and did my homework too, knowing that I was coming on here, but I don't know. I just remember how much fun it was. I don't know that there was, um, 
I don't know that there was just like one thing in particular. Um, I know that we weren't, you know, we were pretty small on the pitching staff. So it was really fun for everybody to seem to work together. Um, I do remember that, you know, my teammates were super awesome about keeping us pumped up and keeping us feeling like we were, you know, going to make big differences. And I just feel like we came together as a team, but I don't know. I would have to go back and look at who we even played to remember, you know, exactly. But it was good times for sure. It was 17 wins in a row. I just went and looked it up. You guys won 17 straight at one point in that year. Uh, Well, let's see. That was against, it started with Tennessee Wesleyan, Greensboro, Tennessee State, Appalachian State, ETSU, Elon, and Furman. You guys won 17 straight and then lost three in a row to the College of Charleston. No good. No good. And then, but you got revenge because you beat College of Charleston two games to win the Southern Conference uh, tournament title. So, Oh, perfect. Perfect. You, you, you came back well. Yeah, we had a good run. Yeah, ex- extremely good, and and the next year was really solid as well. Another another forty six win, uh, another forty six win team. Um, that was a a group that uh, you guys weren't able to advance past the Southern Conference tournament, but but you get back with a, another deep run at least in the Southern Conference tournament. Do you remember the year prior taking on Washington and in Texas A and M? Oh yes. What stands out about those two? Well, hold on. I don't I don't remember Washington. When I uh we of course got the lovely chance to play Arizona. Yeah. We, we went out to um Arizona and played. We played Georgia Tech. We went to uh Georgia for regions, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. We played Washington. Yep, Washington and Texas A&M. That was in 04. Yeah, 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 in Georgia. Um, I don't know. I remember I remember playing Texas A&M for sure because, you know, my whole life I was the small pitcher that, you know, didn't throw 70. Um, and I remember Texas A&M's pitcher and it was, you know, it was kind of like we were in the same boat. She wasn't very big. So I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. You talked about staying in contact with, with coach Reed and how this game has changed. Yes. How do you think it's changed since your days as a player? Well, for one, we didn't have, you know, all the numbers. It seems like it's become a big numbers game. You know, I don't remember anybody asking my spin rate and, you know, when you strike somebody out going, well, what was the spin rate of that? That definitely wasn't in my time. Um, you know, we didn't have social media back then we did, but I mean, it was, you know, so new that it wasn't like you were keeping up with what everybody, I didn't really know what I was getting into each week. There wasn't as much, you know, this is what's coming up. This is who you have. This is all the numbers we, you know, we didn't have that kind of prepared. If we had any kind of video, it was very minimum video. And I just don't remember having, you know, all of that access. So I feel like it was, you know, just more let's go play ball instead of kind of knowing what's coming up. We only, you know, had what we did the previous time or, you know, just the stats that we had then. There was no, 
you know, I definitely didn't have weights before college to prepare myself. I mean, I have 10 year olds, you know, in lessons right now, they're able to go and do strength and agility. We didn't have, you know, stuff like that back then. Lacey, I, I certainly appreciate you, uh, you giving us uh, a, a little bit of time and, and you brought up the, you know, the idea of spin rate. And I guess for hitters, it's all about exit velocity now. And all oh, that yeah. stuff. I feel like I got to have a physics degree to watch, uh, to watch softball or baseball. Now, the way they invoke some of these, some of these things, are you into that at all? Do you, do you play along with that or I you, don't, uh, I don't, I am so old school. I, um, you know, I only get a radar gun out of my pitchers maybe two times a year. I never want them to think if they don't hit that certain number that they're definitely not good enough. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure in that ball game when they have a big strikeout or, you know, a big at bat, nobody says, well, how fast did she, you know, a strikeout's a strikeout. Um, it doesn't really matter how now. Do I love a kid for how strong she is? Absolutely. Do I worship a kid for how much movement she has? Absolutely. I just feel like sometimes we set these kids up that if they're not at a certain number or a certain spin weight, they're not good enough when reality they're still winning, you know, those big ball games without having that. Now, you know, is it good for them to be able to have something to work towards? Absolutely. But I just feel like as long as you, you know, are working every week to get better and better and you are really working and to your physical, then you're going to continue to grow. I don't know you know, that all that, but it may work for some people. It's not the way I do it. You know, I'm still teaching old school pitching. I'm not jumping on board with any of the new, you know, it just isn't for me, but that doesn't mean it's not for somebody else. So have you stayed in Chattanooga? I have me and my family actually live right here in Ottawa. Um, and I still, um, I've been doing pitching lessons every, you know, I think I'm on my 16th year now. We actually had a facility out in Wall by Frost Cutlery, RSA. Um, and then when we closed that up, I actually have a um, barn at home that I still do lessons out of. So I'm still very much softball, softball, softball. If folks want to get in contact with you, if somebody's listening and they've got a youngster and they want them to learn from a Chattanooga Hall of Famer, what do they do? Well, it's pretty easy to get my number around here these days. It hasn't changed since I moved here. So it's pretty, it's pretty easy to find me on um, Facebook or, you know, any kind of, uh, somebody's got my number around here. I promise you that. <laughs> Lacey, appreciate the time. Congratulations on going into the Hall of Fame, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again. Thank you so much, guys. All right, well, thanks for being with us this week here on Mox on the Mic. Thanks uh, especially to Lacey and Meg for making time out of their schedules to be with us and uh, talk a little bit about their time at Chattanooga and what it means to be a Hall of Famer here. Glad to have you along with us this week as well. We hope you'll make plans to join us each and every week for Mox on the Mic. Make sure you tell a friend. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. Until next time, for our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth. So long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.